Hi guys, I'm Marie. And I'm Maddie. Oh Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> Madison's trying to pull her microphone closer to her because she's laying back on the couch right now and almost pulled the entire stand down with her. So, yeah. Hopefully everybody's doing well with our lovely summer ending. We have rain. It's horrible. <laughs> yep. It's horrible but normal. Horrible but normal. We're dealing with it. I might be sinking into a deep, dark depression, but that's fine. Today we're going to be talking about Denise Team, who went missing in 2015 while hiking the Camino de Santiago. We have some new words in this episode today. We looked them up, but we'll see how it goes. So um, be nice. Now, Denise was 41 when she decided to quit her job and travel the world. She was born in Hong Kong, but lived in Leechfield Park, Arizona, and she was an IT project manager at PetSmart in Phoenix. So quitting her job and just going to go and do some traveling, which if I had a bunch of money, if I found my bag of money while out in the woods, I would definitely do some traveling. So the final stop on her travel journey would be to hike slash walk, depending on how you look at it, the Camino de Santiago. She got the idea from a movie called The Way with Martin Sheen. I haven't actually seen it, but it chronicles his pilgrimage on the trail, which is considered by many to be a spiritual experience. So walking this trail intrigued Denise. The trail stretches 500 miles from France across northern Spain, and it is visited by hundreds of thousands of hikers each year and has long been considered one of the safest hikes for solo hikers in the world. So not a lot of crime historically on this trail. The trail ends in Santiago de Compostela, which is believed to be the burial site of St. James. After Denise does some traveling in other places, she makes her way to Camino. And this is her last journey before she's returning home. So this is like her last big thing before she's going to go home. She estimated that her time on Camino would take her about a month and a half. So she would be in constant contact with her family and she Skyped with them often. And this was about every other day, according to her brother. So, you know, she's in contact. Yeah, it sounds like there's service along the way. It's not like a super remote area or anything. On April 1st, 2015, Denise would Skype with her brother, and this would be the last time that her family would hear from her. She would also withdraw 200 euros from her bank account, and this would also be the last time her account was ever touched. Yeah, and at this point, Denise is about three-quarters of the way through this trail that she's hiking. So on April 4th, Denise emailed a British woman that she had met earlier on her route saying that she had arrived in the town of Mm -hmm. Estorga and planned to attend mass the next day before continuing her walk. The next day, April 5th, Denise went to mass at the cathedral in the town of Estorga and after mass, she watched the end of an Easter parade. A German pilgrim By the way, pilgrims are the people hiking this trail. That's what they call them. 
named Christine, said that she bumped into Denise at breakfast about 10.30 a.m. and that she had been with a man named George. So she bumps into Denise. She's introduced to this man named George who Denise is having breakfast with, and then she goes on her way. Now, it would be weeks before any action is taken on Denise being missing. So it's April 20th before her brother flies to Spain in order to look for his sister and report her missing. So they've been calling. They've been trying to get a hold of her. They've heard nothing. There's no sign of her. She hasn't posted anything. She hasn't been in contact with anyone. So it's been 15 days since anybody has seen or heard from Denise at this point. So he gets to Spain, he files a missing persons report, and then his plan was to start at the end of the trail and hike his way towards the beginning in hopes of running into Denise, thinking maybe she's still out there and just not communicating for some reason. But he decides instead to visit the town where she had last been seen and see if he can't retrace her steps. By May 3rd, with no answers, he returns home. But on April 28th, they did update the Facebook page saying that police had found where Denise had been staying the night of the 4th. And they also found more people that had seen her with an Italian man named Giorgio. And at this point, we're assuming that's the same George that she was having breakfast with. Okay. After checking hostel registers and finding a Giorgio, they were able to confirm through the witness that had seen them at breakfast that this was the man that Denise had been with. His name was Giorgio Condoni. He was a 64-year-old Italian making his second trip on the Camino. And he had been staying in the same hostel as Denise, right? Now, by the time they find George, he had returned to Italy. But he said that, yes, the two of them had met at the hostel when he was doing laundry and Denise was soaking her feet. They decided to have dinner together. And he said it was difficult to communicate because his English was really bad. But despite this, they decided to meet for breakfast at the coffee shop and then attend mass together at the church of Santa Marta at 11. He said they parted ways around noon, and this was the last time that he had seen her. George would say in an interview with As Central that he has a heavy heart and speaks of his regret for not walking with Denise as they both departed Astorga on Easter Sunday, and that it's difficult to imagine anything odious taking place on a day that the sun shone so brightly. He said, I feel like scolding myself for not having walked with her that damned cursed morning. Maybe she would not have gotten lost. Maybe nothing would have happened to her. That would be a very, very bad feeling. So Denise had been staying at the San Javier Hostel, and the owner said that she left the morning of the 5th with all the other hikers. Which matches up with what... The witnesses basically said. So she also didn't carry a phone with her, but she was obviously checking in on social media and with her family and taking pictures. So she could have easily had like an iPad or a 
some sort of tablet that would have allowed her to do all of that Are as we well. sure she just doesn't have a phone? I, I don't know. That's what it said. So her plan that day was to hike 14 kilometers or 8.7 miles to the town of El Gonzo and find a hostel there for the night. Yep. And police did find that her backpack was indeed not at the hostel. So we know that she had it with her, which is basically what George said that he, when he parted ways, she was headed off. He was headed off. They just weren't continuing together, right? And they hadn't hiked together either. They had just met at the hostel. So with this information, police do take their search to the Camino footpath since this was her intended destination for the day and where she was last seen. Now, the path isn't very rocky or wooded and really has no steep areas for people to fall off of or hide or be unable to find. It's pretty open. It's a pretty open area. Police were hoping to find signs of her or her backpack that may have given them an idea of where she went, but they find nothing. Denise, at the time of her disappearance, is 5'4", about 120 pounds, and was said to be carrying a turquoise backpack, which would have been easy to spot or maybe easier to spot out there. Don't you think? Yeah, I guess, but time and time again it's shown that it doesn't matter if you have colorful stuff or not. It can still be hard to find, yeah. Yeah. We see this time and time again. Police were slow to respond in searching for Denise, but part of that is because so many people come to this place, to this area. They do these hikes, they do these things in order to disconnect and get away from their lives and the world and all of that. But her family has believed from the very beginning that something was wrong because she wasn't using her cards. She went from communicating to not communicating. Her family said she didn't disappear voluntarily. I'm sure of that. They haven't found any of her body or any of her belongings. So you can pretty much rule out that there was an accident. We checked all the hospitals, no cases of amnesia. The only thing I can think of is that she was harmed and whoever it was, they took her. So family not buying any kind of like, she had a spiritual awakening and did whatever. They are sure that something's wrong from the beginning. Denise's brother, Cedric, the one that flew there too, to Spain, he posted a message on social media and there were a lot of responses about people going there to find solitude. Things like, Oh, people sometimes want to take time off. The Camino is the safest place on earth. She will turn up, right? So a lot of people are like, whoa, whoa, calm down. While other messages were more alarming and commented on the safety of the trail, comments talking about women being attacked on the Camino and even some attempted abductions. Yeah, well, first of all, if any, like country or government or anything like that says this is a safe place this is the safest place no crime ever happens here well it's a great place for a criminal to go and start committing crime that's one thing yeah second thing is we know they the fucking tourist attractions hide their deaths the crime they hide that shit of course they're gonna be like it's safe it's safe you can come here right 
obviously, instead of being like, yeah, women are assaulted and, well, uh, you know. And one thing, too, is that a lot of these reports were actually reported after Denise went missing in the same general area. So there seems to be an uptick of attacks or attempted abductions in the area that Denise went missing around the time that Denise went missing. So there's these women saying, hey, something's going on in this area. Yeah, well, maybe they didn't want to or didn't say anything. And then this woman goes missing in the actual area that you were assaulted with. You're going to have all this guilt of being like, that could have been me. You know, I could have been killed there. Like, And then you're going to go to the police and report that. You're more... Right. And some of them were reported because police actually send officers on horseback to patrol an 18-mile section where a number of these attacks had been reported. And that includes the area where Denise went missing. And was this before or after Denise went missing? This is after. But it's after she went missing that they're reported, but before she is reported missing. So before police know that there's an issue with Denise going missing... Other women are starting to report. Okay, so in the this area. all isn't like a chain reaction from her going missing, her like getting out. In right, the, it's, like, it's news. more than just Denise. It's other women as well reporting okay. an issue in this area. Well, that's not my question. My question, my question is, like this, like the horseback riding, and the all the women reporting the assaults and stuff that happened. After she was already missing, but before it hit the news, right? Some of it, yes. And then some of it happened some, after. Yeah, yeah, some of it happened after. But did the horseback riding start before or after Denise's story hit the I media? couldn't actually find the day that they sent okay. the patrols out. But I'm assuming it's after. But all the reporting from the women don't just start after Denise no, gets media coverage. They they start happening before we before. even know that Denise is missing. Okay, yeah. got you. Yep. Understood. That That's my question. I was confused by that. It was not clear. <laughs> there was also a comment in a chat room three weeks before Denise went missing. Another hiker named Josie from Germany had written that she had been lured off trail by a fake arrow where she met a strange man. On the wrong path, a masked man attacked me with a stun gun. However, I was able to free myself and run away. No. Yeah. So, a fake arrow. So, there's already information out there about people being lured off the trail. Yeah, that's before fun. Denise even goes missing. There is a um, big Camino web forum... And a man named Ivar Rekve, who runs it, had posted on his forum saying, some people like to leave their devices at home. So many times I get messages from parents at home worried. He said that usually what happens is after a week, they move back into the forum saying everything is fine. And in the beginning, I thought this was a similar situation, but after two weeks, Three weeks, we were starting to get a bit worried. He would email about 5,000 current and past Camino hikers asking for anyone that may have seen Denise. 
Wow, it's almost like you probably shouldn't have been that surprised when a bunch of women have been attacked in this certain part know, of your right? hike. And then a woman goes missing in this certain part of the hike. Right. He posted on May 18. There has been some improper behavior reported towards women over the last few weeks on the stage between Astorga and Rebinal. These reports are sufficiently credible, and we would like to make a general advisory that pilgrims walking alone on this section of the Camino Francis might want to walk in pairs or groups. This is the general area where Denise, the missing pilgrim, was last seen a few weeks ago. The local police are still working on finding Denise and also are aware of these latest occurrences. The Camino has been a very safe place, and it still is, but it only takes a few to make the situation more uncertain. This message is not made to scare anyone, but more to inform of the situation, so that if you are walking this section in the next few days or weeks, can make the necessary adjustments and find a walking partner. If you decide to comment on this thread, please try to stay away from speculations so that this thread can become a place where pilgrims can come and learn what we actually know and not rumors or speculation around this topic. The mods will help me with this. So, I mean, at least at least they're posting in the forums about the potential danger of this area. It's still a safe place. Don't worry. It's still a safe place. Please come here and spend your tourist money here. Please come. It's still safe. Here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. If the women really are being led off of the trail, a warning like this would probably make people pay a lot more attention to the signs that they're following and making sure that they're not leaving the trail. Yeah, but he's still downplaying it. Even if Denise is still missing and they don't know where she is, there have been women assaulted. We already know that. Yeah, this isn't just Denise. He even said they're credible sources that have reported being assaulted in this area. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree it's a little bit of a downplay. I feel like it's a pretty big downplay, in my opinion. By July 3rd, there is still no sign of Denise. And Cedric, Denise's brother, receives a bunch of photos from a police detective in Spain of clothing that has been strewn around in a field and asking him if he could identify whether or not they belonged to his sister. But he said that they did not look like her clothes. Okay. Whose clothes are they? I, well, that's another great question. What other woman who has been killed or assaulted out here whose clothes these I'm guessing are? somebody's backpack got stolen and somebody like took everything out of it also i wouldn't trust any i don't think i'd like if you were shown a random bag of my clothing would you ever be able to point out i don't (laughs) think you would that definitely looks like madison's clothing yeah i would be able to identify you at least if it looked like your clothing but yeah, her brother maybe not the best source of identifying that. Well, right? especially since you've been she's been traveling in other countries right. for God knows how long mm-hmm. she's been out traveling. Who knows what clothing she has with her and yeah. the clothes that she's hiking with. This isn't even like her clothes that she's like I would say other hikers that have encountered her might be a more legitimate source to check for that. 
But either way, police end up determining they don't think it's her, her bag or her stuff. Now, on July 28th, the family sent a letter to the Spanish prime minister and President Barack Obama asking for the FBI to get involved in Denise's disappearance. Because as of this point, the U.S. is not involved at all. By August 3, McCain sends a letter to Rajal. He is a Spanish politician. So we have our American politician, McCain, sending a letter to Spain's politician, basically saying, you need to ask for our help. He said... While I understand that there may be domestic sensitivities involved in doing so, the FBI has significant resources that it can bring to bear to aid the investigation and provide additional support to the search. Later that month, Roger would send a letter back declining this offer and highlighting the professionalism of the Spanish police, assuring McCain that they were putting all resources into finding the missing woman. So the politicians are all getting involved, but they're really not doing any good at all. I don't trust the government at all. I don't think any of them are doing it. Madison, nobody is going to be surprised that you do not trust the government. (laughs) Police do have a suspect in the disappearance of Denise at this time, and that is 39-year-old Miguel Angel Munoz Blas who became a suspect after two other hikers had come forward saying that they had been attacked by Blas. So we have two hikers that report to police that they have been attacked by this man. And this is in the area that Denise was last seen. These two hikers, they had followed a spray-painted sign from the trail that led them to Blas's property. So it was basically... It mirrored the signs that were on the trail. There were like these orange arrows, but it was a spray-painted orange arrow saying, go this way, and that way led them to his property, okay? Once on his property, they said that he assaulted them while wearing a mask. And it was also found that Bloss exchanged over $1,000 in euros four days after Denise went missing. And we know Denise had some money on her, but obviously... We don't know the exact amount, but he was robbing other tourists as well. So they questioned him, but had nothing to hold him on. Why did they have nothing to hold him on? He attacked two other two hikers. Two other hikers are saying he attacked them. He should be in prison. But I think it's the, they have nothing on Denise to hold him on, and they want to get more information. And this is where we need to bring torturing techniques up and start <laughs> waterboarding him or something like that. Like, get him to fucking talk. And even if you don't have anything to hold him on for Denise, he should still not be out walking the fu- on the out in the world are you kidding me okay i agree but they do put him under surveillance in hopes that he would provide some clue to where denise is not fucking good enough or possibly lead them to an accomplice i'm assuming that at this point they are not taking their eyes off of him now that they know he has attacked two other people as well but i don't know if that's true not good enough but he's under surveillance either way they find that the day after denise went missing Bloss actually placed a call to his ex-partner that lasted for 45 minutes when their calls usually only lasted a couple minutes long. But they're unable to 
determine what the two talked about. Okay, then he's not under good enough surveillance. Are you fucking kidding me? You can't hear well, his phone Well, this is before call? he's under surveillance. So this call happened the day after Denise went missing. So this is before they know that Denise is missing. But they're looking at his phone records. Now, after being put under surveillance, he stops using his phone. And he starts traveling to Astorga call center in order to make phone calls. They do find observation posts, kind of like what a hunter would use on his property. Oh, my God. So they're, like, hidden kind of places where he can, like, be inside and be watching. And they think that he was watching people coming onto his property from these posts. So he lived in a wooden hut in Astorga, and he had lived there for about four years. Witnesses say that he lived a solitary life but argued with his neighbors. (laughs) He was also said to be seen riding his bike while wearing a balaclava, which is super creepy. In the first search of his home, they found $38,000 in euros in an envelope. Wonder where he got that from. Did he really rob that many people, though? That's a lot of money. Police do decide to go and arrest him. And when they do, he's gone. Not good enough surveillance. Are you kidding me? He's gone? I thought you had him under surveillance. What do you What do you mean he's gone? I'm sorry that Madison just yelled in your guys' ear. They do track him down, calm down, 100 miles from his farm in the town of Grandes de Salim. What? Under surveillance, my ass. <laughs> he made it 100 miles? No, get this. He would confess to the murder of Denise and say that he had murdered her because she cast him a disapproving look. He led police to a remote woodland behind a long stone fence near Castrillo, where they would find Denise's body. On September 11 of 2015, Spanish police announced that they had found what they believed to be the remains of Denise. Police would say, we have taken five months. But the murderer was arrested and the body's been found. We have one of the best police forces in the world. The route has only seen this one incident in many years of history. What about all the other women that were assaulted by this man, by other men? Are you... Police also find a saw near her grave with blood on it, which they would test for Denise's DNA and would find on it. Bloss also revealed that he had moved her body in August when he felt police and searches were getting too close. Guessing he wasn't under surveillance then, or maybe he was. I don't know. I, yeah. On September 21, they would examine the original burial site about five kilometers away where they would find one of Denise's toenails. So... Story checks out, he did move her body. The body was so decomposed that police could not determine if Denise had been sexually assaulted and believed that her remains had not been buried for that long. One theory was that she had been confined in a small, secluded place where insects could not reach her before being buried outside. Or he kept her alive for some time. It was also established that she had most likely been beaten with a stick or some like object 
And she also had a knife wound on her throat. And her hands were missing. Bloss would later recant his confession and claim that he had only found her body. So him giving them the second burial site probably made it harder for him to recant his confession. Yeah, what do you mean? Actually, I talked to a lawyer and I take that all back. (laughs) Actually, my lawyer said I'm a dumbass for confessing in the first place and I'd like to take it back. I didn't actually do it. I just found her body and then didn't say anything. Oh my God. But then I moved her. And used my own saw to cut off her hands. So how did Denise find her way to the doorstep of this killer? Police believe that she followed a sign that Bloss had placed a fake marker on in order to bring hikers off the trail. And this is based on the accounts of other hikers who followed the same arrow. Who literally walked the same trail, followed the same arrows to the same fucking guy's house. Yeah, that's probably what happened. Yeah. His house was only a half mile off the official route. So... Not hard to lure hikers that direction, I'm sure. You can go a half mile not even understanding that you're going in the wrong direction. Also, this fake arrow is what initially led police to his doorstep. Here's an idea. If you're going to lure people off the trail, afterward, take down your sign. Well, it worked so many times. He got so many people. I mean, what the fuck? I don't even know how this guy... Got more than one person lured off the trail. Once the first account was reported to police, should that not have done the trick? According to his original confession, before he recanted it, he said that he hit Denise in the head, robbed her, cut off her hands, and buried her. And by the way, her hands have never been found. I mean, I don't know if he was trying to make it harder for her to be identified, but like... Cutting off her hands is probably not going to do anything unless you're going to take all of her teeth out. I mean, there's so many other ways that somebody can be identified, right? Yeah. People are so dumb. In the trial, the defense basically said that his client's arrest was only a result of the government receiving so much pressure from the U.S. and that his confession was coerced and Bloss had only found the body, of course. On the prosecution side, police would testify about the arrest, and he even did a reconstruction of the crime. Bloss did. Those get those will get you every time. So they have him like on camera describing and showing what he did, basically. They said that Miguel was a suspect from the beginning, and he had a history of harassing pilgrims on the trail. They talked about how they visited him throughout their investigation, and he appeared nervous and never told them. He had found the backpack or the money, which I'm guessing this was what he claimed afterward. So he must have had some of her belongings or something. He also never participated in any searches. That doesn't really mean shit, but they were occurring in the vicinity of his house. They also talked about how in September, he had voluntarily confessed to the facts and told in detail how he had killed Denise. He directed and dominated the reconstruction of the crime. During the reconstruction, Miguel said to police 
calm down, calm down, I'll take you to her, which he then did. They also saw no indication of any mental or psychological illness and said that he was very precise about both locations where Denise's body had been. He also boasted that the police would never have found her remains without him, which that's probably true. Yeah, but go fucking die, bro. I know. Jesus, if it weren't for you being alive, this woman wouldn't be dead. Yep. And those other women, even if he didn't do it, even if he didn't, even if, you know, that, he, it was. I don't was, even think you can go down that route. Even, I mean, okay, wait, just humor me for okay. a second. I'm humoring you. Even yeah. if, you know, his confession was coarse and he didn't actually do it and. He was forced to what do this. What is this voice that you use when you're like the whining like suspect? Because this man is a whiny, pathetic it's little not... man. Pathetic, whining voice. Okay, so even if he didn't do it. Even if he didn't do it. I'm just waiting for your point. He still has assaulted multiple women. Right. Well, I'm, I'm assuming he's claiming he didn't do that as well. He was probably just protecting his property because they wandered onto it. He didn't spray paint that arrow, Madison. He's innocent. <laughs> I can't even say it was Even a if face. he didn't kill Denise, in my opinion, he still deserves to die for what he did to those other women. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I agree. I'm not disagreeing. And if he had, then he wouldn't have been alive to attack Denise. Yeah. So Miguel Angel Munoz Blas was convicted by popular jury by a majority of eight to one. So apparently it doesn't have to be unanimous in Spain. He was sentenced to 20 years in prison. They also issued him an additional three years for robbery, and he would be ordered to pay $1,132 to an American that he assaulted in April of 2005. Random. Okay. What? I don't know. 20 years? He killed the woman. Yep, 20 years. Yep, I know. Denise's sister would post on Facebook, April 5th, 2015 was the last day my sister was seen. Two years later, on the same day, we have a verdict. Guilty. My family has been very fortunate to have received so much support for the last two years. This was the hardest thing we as a family have ever faced and in our darkest time we have received so much love from all over the world all the hard work advice and help people have given will never be forgotten and we are forever grateful my sister meant the world to us and today we are given the chance to get some closure knowing that the trust we put into the justice system has been well placed i mean i don't know about that but yeah even though we will never get over having Denise taken from us in such a way, we know we still have each other, and together, we will do our best to move forward. We hope that the Camino will never experience something like this again, so that people from all over can experience it like it was supposed to be. Someday, I think I will finish my sister's journey and remember the Camino as a pilgrimage in a beautiful country made up of warm, loving people like what I have experienced in my brief time in Astorga. So I'm reading another story about someone on the same trail who she was hiking by herself. 
Mm-hmm. A man steps off in front of her, in front of the trail, wearing a backpack. Light-colored jeans. He's all dirty. He's talking to her. He's not blinking at all. She's like, oh, fuck. Is this where she yells for the guy ahead of her? Yeah, another, yeah, I read a, this another random uh-huh. hiker who's walking. She's like, oh, hey. And then she, the she guy's like, calls, like. She, like, calls him by a name. She, like, makes up a name. Yeah. And then. He comes She back. says, Adam. She made up Adam. I needed to fake it. He was my friend, my husband, my man. At least I wanted to create a diversion so this asshole who was getting ready to unpack his junk backed off. Clever? Oh, Maria, you're so slow is what he replied with. (laughs) Yeah, he came back for her. Yeah. Yeah. Smart. Super smart. All right. That was the Camino de Santiago and the story of Denise. Let us know your guys' thoughts. We're going to go over to Bunker Talk. I already have to move a bunch of stuff from this episode to our bunker talk because Maddie got a little crazy (laughs) on how she would handle the justice system in this situation. I think that a lot of things need to be revised and changed. Let us know if you guys have any thoughts on this. Has anybody hiked this trail? I really am kind of interested in checking it out. Let us know. Come and visit us on Patreon. Come and hear our Bunker Talk and all of our Patreon-exclusive episodes and content. Thank you so much for everybody that has supported us. You guys are amazing. And we will talk to you soon. One, two, three, four. And, like, what if we found a bag of money? What if we found an Israel Keys bucket? Well, you know, you could be, like, the cocaine bear and found pounds and pounds of cocaine. You know, I bet somebody in our group would have been able to sell cocaine if we found it. (laughs) Mom, anyone can sell cocaine. No, I mean, like, without getting themselves murdered or anything like that. (laughs) Yeah, Mom, anyone can sell cocaine. No, I would definitely probably get arrested or murdered. If I tried to sell a bunch of cocaine. So are you admitting that you're dumb? So you think you could? Yes. Yes, I 100% think. Okay, so when we find a bunch of cocaine in the woods, you're going to be the one that sells it, not me. Sure. Without getting arrested. Yeah. Okay. I I think that you are (laughs) overestimating drug dealers right now, mother. Where would I even go to sell cocaine? Just go to Seattle and be like, anyone want to buy some cocaine? Like, how do you even start selling cocaine, Madison? Well, first of all, your best bet is to start Should I with- put an ad on, like, Craigslist? Okay, well, that's your Facebook marketplace. Okay, so this is why you don't think you could sell drugs, because you're definitely getting fucking arrested. <laughs> I told you I would get arrested if I tried to sell a bunch of cocaine. Can I just find a bag of money instead? I don't want to find cocaine. Yeah, but mom, do you think the government's going to be happy about you having a bunch of un a bunch of dirty money? No. They're not going to know. You think the money's clean that you're going to be finding in the no, woods? No, cuz I'm going to find a way to launder the money without getting arrested. <laughs> I'm going to need your help with that, Madison. Wait, maybe we can buy a bunch of cocaine. Mom, okay. Well, you know what I'm doing? If I ever feel like I'm dying in the woods, I'm going to bury myself. You're going to bury yourself? Yeah. 
Like you're going to dig a hole and like bury yourself? Yeah, so then no one ever finds me. Why? And then everyone's going to be like, no one knows where she went. Well, because I'm already going to be dead. You know that's fucking rude because you know I'm going to spend the rest of my life fucking looking for your ass and you're going to be buried. Yeah, that's the whole point. What the fuck is wrong with that's you? That's the whole fucking point. No. Do not bury yourself. If I'm going out like that, I'm ruining everyone's oh lives. Oh my god, I hate you so much right now. Well, how funny would it be? Just a blank... It would not be funny at all. I'm going to bury nothing, my gear. Nothing about any of no, that that's funny. No, I'm going to leave my gear hanging in a tree. <laughs> oh, that's good. And then bury that's yourself? That's good. Yeah? You're an idiot. <laughs>